We are back with episode four of the Hearing You podcast. So excited that we are this far in already. Yep. Feels like we just did our first one. Um, but here we are. So podcast intended to talk about optimal wellness, give away as many tools, tip, ta- tips, tactics, knowledge, expertise, all the things that we can possibly give as it relates to optimizing wellness. Uh, so we're back with Tiffany Allen today. A uh, huge topic. We're going to talk about sleep. Yes. And uh, I know this is one that for, for many people can be a big uh, issue. Um, it can be one of our biggest uh, helps in terms of feeling better uh, and improving our lives. So interested to kind of get into the details today about why we do it, what it does for us, all the different nuts and bolts around it. So excited to to talk about that today because I know that's a big one that you hear a lot about. It is. It's a big one. And there's so many factors that go into it. So there's a lot to a lot to talk about, a lot to think about. So we're going to keep it higher level today and we may deep dive later, right? So are you you're telling me that it's not quite as simple as when I tell my wife that uh, just don't worry about it and go to, you know, just just okay. go to sleep. You shouldn't worry about it that it's not quite that simple. It's not that simple. Okay. And it varies for each person as to how much we need and what that looks like. So no, it's not simple. <laughs> I, w- I was hoping this might be our shortest one yet, but uh, sounds like sounds like we're not going not going quite that route. So I did uh, before uh, today's episode. I did uh, pull the top five questions according to this is according to Chat GPT. Okay. So we'll see uh, what they have to say about things. But uh, number one, why do we need sleep? So we need sleep because it helps everything in our body. So that sounds maybe excessive, but truly, if you are not sleeping well, you're not repairing your tissues in your body. You're not able to remember memories if you're not sleeping. So if you're going days at a time with getting broken bits of sleep, your memory is not going to be what it would be like otherwise. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, no. Um, interesting, right? <laughs> very much so. It might answer some questions yeah, uh, so for me. <laughs> very interesting. But it also affects concentration, chronic disease. Um, it all, you know, it affects making sure that you're able to honestly just go day to day to be able to do what you're supposed to be doing. Because if you're not sleeping well, you don't feel well, you're exhausted. Right. And I think that's what most people think about is the exhaustion level. We don't think about our memories Mm. and, um, concentration and even out driving, if you haven't been sleeping, it is not safe to be on the road, right? Mm. So it plays into a lot of that, but also our immune health, because if we're not able to sleep and our body is repairing and working and fighting for us as we sleep, if we're not sleeping, then it can't do that. So there's a lot of important functions with sleep. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think this is one that I've tried to test the boundaries on, uh, many, many times in my life. Um, Talk real quick about anxiety and depression and sleep um, and and how it affects us. I know you talked uh, about body repair, uh, about uh, the the concentration aspects. Talk Talk a little bit about anxiety and depression, how it relates with that. And, you know, the other thing that I didn't mention as we were just speaking was how it even plays in with with hormones. Now, remember, hormones can be cortisol. Um, It can also be our other hormones we think about, like testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, those types of things. But a big one is cortisol. And so if your cortisol levels, if you're if you're way up here, obviously that can in turn cause anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then over time, if you're not sleeping and you're tired and everything, think about if you are not sleeping well. And, And the problem with anxiety and depression 
believe it or not, is it's like, which one happened first? Mm. Are you not sleeping because your brain is not turning off? Are you not sleeping because the opposite, right? Or or your anxiety is high because you're not sleeping because then everything feels catastrophic when it may not be. Do you Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? It can Mm -hmm. go both ways. Same thing with depression. If you're not sleeping well and everything seems like it takes you, you know, 10 extra minutes just to do something simple that should have taken you one minute, then that starts to lead to frustration, which over time then can lead to depression. But depression, there's certain certain hormones that, you know, we have cortisol again, GABA, different neurotransmitters that are affected that does affect sleep. So really and truly it goes both ways. Does that help answer your question? It, it does. It all, all plays together. It all plays so together. It, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's very interesting yeah. um, how, how that, that comes together. So what does in general uh, a healthy sleep pattern look like? Jeff may not agree with me on that, <laughs> but for most people, we should be aiming to get seven to nine hours of sleep at night. Now, what does insomnia mean? Honestly, that can mean that you are not uh, able to fall asleep. So let's say you're laying there, you're laying there, you're laying there, you eventually fall asleep and you're fine, you stay asleep, but that is a sleep disturbance. That's an issue. Or let's say you can fall asleep just fine, but you're waking up between two and four every night. Again, that's that's an issue with sleep. Okay, so a healthy sleep pattern is that you're sleeping seven to nine hours and you're able to fall asleep within, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of laying down and then you sleep through the night other than let's say maybe you have to wake up, um, you know, as we get older, sometimes you have to wake up to go to the bathroom during the night a time or two, um, but then you're able to fall back asleep easily. Um, so it can look different for a lot of different people, but, you know, I hear people say, well, I don't need seven hours. I don't feel as good. And I do believe that there can be some people that may need less, some people that may need more, but generally speaking, seven to nine hours is what it should be. Okay. Um, if, if you sense a little bit of tongue in cheek there, uh, it is because my typical sleep pattern is around six hours a night. Uh, this is something that Tiffany and I have talked at length about. Um, I actually, I have the, the whoop on that I've had for a year and a half, roughly maybe two years now. Um, and so it's been interesting to see, uh, what those reports look like. And there's many times where I, if I do sleep in and get eight, nine hours, my recoveries are significantly worse than, uh, on those shorter time intervals. And so, I feel like uh, after we've talked, uh, again, for those listening, when we talk about optimal sleep patterns, it is not the same for everybody. That's right. That's um, right. And, and so my hope would be that I don't pay the price for uh, the short sleep down the road. But at the same time, it's one of those that helps me feel the best mm-hmm. um, and, and operate at the highest level. So um, it, it, it you need to go through a process of finding that out for yourself. And is that you, correct? That's correct. And you have to know your body. So mm-hmm. for me, if I do six hours consistently, it is not a good place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say I don't do that sometimes because <laughs> uh, we know life, we life gets periods. in the way and we yep. go through periods where that's all we're getting. Um, but for me, I know my optimum is more about eight hours probably for me. So um, maybe even nine sometimes. So I would be more on the opposite side than you. But again, it, we have have to go back to how do we feel what metrics do we have to make sure that we're okay with that Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes like i said life gets in the way so we have to figure that out i'm going to throw a quick sidebar out there for you um hearing some chatter out there that we are not designed to be interrupted by an alarm yes yes 
What's your quick take on that? And we can di- we can dig into this one at a later time. But I thought this was an interesting topic. Uh, it, it, again, it's kind of popping up in in some social feeds and in some things that I follow um, as it relates to waking up with the sun and those different types of things. What's your quick take on? Some I mean, of that? quick take is yes. In a perfect world where we did not have to worry about being to work or have kids to school or whatever at a certain time, absolutely. Like that is the best way to wake up is natural wake pattern. Now there's special alarms now that have um, lights that'll help you wake up. But for me, if I don't set an alarm, you can see me around 10 o'clock because that's (laughs) going to be what happens. Okay. Um, But no, I think there is a lot of studies out there that shows once that alarm goes off, let's say, depending upon where you are in the sleep cycle, it may be waking you up during a time like your REM sleep, your deeper sleep, right? Um, Also, it increases your cortisol level. So as soon as that alarm goes off, your cortisol level goes up. So, yes, I mean, in a perfect world, we would not use an alarm, but, you know, not sure how to figure that out. We, we can work through a, a life uh, schedule construction later. Yes, that, that'll be a topic right. for that's later right. and, and one that uh, both of us are still working on. That's so right. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does our body know to sleep at night? So I, I think obviously at a conscious level, we know when we're t- we feel physically tired or we just fall asleep sitting down or whatever the case may be. But um, how does our body know? Because I think sometimes our mind and our body are at conflict. Absolutely. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the, the major piece there is melatonin. We've all heard about melatonin, but as the circadian rhythm, as the evening starts and the it starts to get dark outside melatonin levels naturally should start to increase okay so you see this really pretty pattern basically where it stays level throughout the day and then it starts to go up in the evening hours as it gets dark okay that's what should happen okay the problem is is that let's say you have someone that is overly stressed and cortisol levels are higher guess what blocks melatonin cortisol Hmm. okay so if you're super stressed and your cortisol levels are high, your body cannot produce melatonin like it should be. We also do a lot of habits that are not the best, okay? So looking at our phones, watching TV, having stressful conversations at night, all of those things can affect the melatonin and how it's secreted. So, but that's how your body knows to sleep. Would you add in uh, kids' sports practices and or games into that uh, uh-huh. evening uh-huh. evening oh, activities yeah. that oh, affect yeah. things? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. But that's really why you should start to realize, you know, what you're doing in the evening hours really does affect it. But again, let's go back to real life. We have to learn how do we manage real life knowing that this is an issue and doing the best that we can. I, th- I right. think I think so much of this comes back to that, and uh, that that's one of the things that you'll notice throughout as, as we continue to to bring you as much information as we can. Uh, that's one of those things that that we will do our best because we're learning this as we go um, as to how to structure your life in such a way that you do get the things you need. And we're talking specifically today about sleep, right? But ideally, over the long term, we'll add in all the other elements of life um, and and any tips that we have uh, to be able to share with you. To, to help move things forward in that area. Right. So tell me, tell me what happens, um, happens when we're stressed. And I think we've covered this a little bit kind of already. Um, any additional thoughts there as to, as to how things go and how stress affects sleep? I think it goes back to thinking about it. And I wish I had something to, to draw on, but if you can envision a graph, like I said, melatonin should during the day in the morning hours should be low. 
And then as the evening hours go, it's going, the level's going to curve up. Okay. So if you can envision that, well, with cortisol, what should happen is you should basically have exactly the inverse of that. Okay. So cortisol is going to start higher in the morning. And then it's going to start to level off and go down in the evening. It should be the lowest in the evening. Okay. But when we're stressed, the cortisol levels stay, can stay at a higher level. Okay. And so then your body is staying up here. So a lot of things happen, you know, with stress and cortisol, cortisol is your fight or flight hormone. Okay. So our body really can't tell, are you stressed over um, a bill? that's not been paid? Are you stressed over an argument you just had? Are you stressed over something that may be health related? Is it something that maybe doesn't even involve you? Or is there a lion actively chasing you? Okay. Your body doesn't know. <laughs> doesn't know the difference. Doesn't know the difference. So it's reacting in the same way. And so if your body thinks that a lion is chasing you, well, you can't lay down and go to sleep because your body's still in fight or flight, right? Mm -hmm. Help it, it very much does. Um, uh, interesting scenario. Uh, yesterday, kids' ball games, right? Uh, disagreements with the umpires on, on the treatment of the kids. I, I don't argue calls, um, but it's one of those, you know, it affects your heart rate. You feel those moments Absolutely. happen. And you, you really, uh, it's one of those where after the fact, you know, consciously you start thinking about it and realize that uh, how things are affected that way. Um, and, uh, and, and your body's response to it. And, and really we, those things we have no control over, uh, despite the fact that we realize how silly it is, right. um, that, that we responded that way. Mm -hmm. So tell me about some other conditions that may affect sleep. What are, what are some other things we've talked about? Uh, we've talked about stress, we've talked about mm -hmm. schedule. Um, what are some other factors that go into, uh, affecting your sleep or have, have an impact on sleep. Right. And I think we talked about anxiety and depression at the beginning. So of course that plays into it. Also sleep apnea is a big issue right now. You hear about that um, a lot. You hear about it a lot. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. Um, biggest issue for now would be um, someone being overweight, obesity. Um, there can be some genetic components that go with that as well. Um, but that is a big one. And so that is something that if you're not sleeping well, we can talk through stress all day long. Um, but there are other factors that would need to be addressed. Um, the other thing would be restless leg syndrome. We have a lot of patients that come in that they're having where they, they just can't they can't lay there. They're having to move their legs constantly. They're having discomfort in their legs. And a lot of times that comes from an underlying deficiency. So mm -hmm. those are things we'll talk through. Um, but that could be magnesium deficiency. Um, sometimes it's calcium. There's different things that that, that can be something for another day. Um, <laughs> but what, then, so real quick on that one, yeah. what, what's, what are some things you hear from folks when they come in just to give folks an idea if they feel like maybe they have that, what are a few quick things? I know you said it already, just constant movement. Are there any additional ones? That constant movement, feeling like they have to get up and walk around because their legs hurt. And once they start walking around, they feel better. Mm. Um, they only have the pain at night instead of having it during the day. It's only at nighttime. So once they lay down, that's when they start to feel the discomfort. When it kicks in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then almost could be like a um, twitching. So like your leg would, would move, but you're not consciously trying to move your leg. Um, so that can happen as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what that looks like. Um, and then chronic pain. I mean, just in general, whether that be a someone with rheumatoid arthritis or um, chronic back pain, they can't get comfortable at night, um, fibromyalgia, muscle pain, all kinds of things. But if you're in pain, again, let's go back to cortisol levels. 
your body is stressed. And so you, you don't feel well, cortisol levels go up again, you can't go to sleep um, mm. and the discomfort from that. So that can happen as well. Um, and then there's obviously underlying lung diseases that could, could play into that as well. But there's so many things again, that go into sleep, but it's not always super simple. So we really have to talk to that person, get their history and figure out where do we start. Mm. What are some of the things we're doing that are affecting our sleep? We've covered, um, we've covered stress, stress. kind of high stress lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We've covered the, the bright lights from, uh, cell phones and from mm -hmm. devices and television and that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yep. Um, what are a few other things that might, uh, play into that? Um, caffeine. People that are drinking too much caffeine, as really? Jeff, Jeff sits here and drinks his coffee, and it's a little bit later in the day, so we'll have that conversation later. But anyways, the <laughs> caffeine can definitely play into it. And again, let's go back to individuals that some people are more sensitive to that than others. Mm -hmm. um, I have some patients that cannot do any caffeine. I have others that know their limit of two to three cups, and they're still okay that evening. So really, it depends. Interestingly enough, I... Um for, for myself, I, I know now that I, I've got a pretty hard cut off about 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. um, and what I find is when I'm laying in bed and I, I'm not stressed and I'm not worried and I'm not thinking about anything, but yet I can't sleep. Yeah. I, and I, nine times out of 10, I'll think back and say, oh, you had you had caffeine, caffeine. late in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the it's the one thing that I can come back to because um, typically once I'm down, I'm out. So right. uh, I can usually tell when it's affecting me. So that's a that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Alcohol is another one. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people um, will drink alcohol in the evenings and that affects um, our sleep as well. So that plays into it. There are certain medications out there that can affect sleep. So um, people that take steroids, histamine blockers, um, new and even things that say that they should you know again people have opposite reactions so some people can take a benadryl and they're wired whereas other people it makes them sleepy so it really just depends but there are medications out there that can definitely affect that along with stimulants so some people that have to take stimulants for adhd um that direction can affect sleep as well so mm -hmm. medications can affect sleep unhealthy lifestyle just in general um, just not, again, we can go back to all of those things we talk about, right? Stress, um, not moving enough, um, overeating or undereating. Those both can play into sleep issues. So we've got to make sure all of those things as much as we can are optimal. What are some of the actions we can take just throughout the day uh, to, to be more proactive mm -hmm. in, in getting better sleep? Mm -hmm. what, are, what are some of those uh, characteristics and things that we can do? One thing is being outside because we know that that affects melatonin levels, our circadian rhythm. So being outside is great. So as much time as we can spend outside is wonderful. Um, exercise research shows the more that you're exercising, the better sleep that you're going to have. Another so, one being careful in the evenings is again, depending on the person. Yeah, yeah. I know some that I've talked to through the years that uh, work out late in the evenings and go right to sleep. I know I'm one much like caffeine, as I mentioned earlier, if I'm working out hard much past 5 PM, you can forget it. I'm going to, I'm going to roll around and be jacked up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So a lot of people, um, and really the studies show again, studies are studies. It doesn't mean that that's every single person, right? But you really should not exercise within two to three hours of going to bed. For mm -hmm. some people that may be a little bit more. Um, and, and then you get into, well, if I can't, if I can't do that, is it better not to move? Well, and then at that point, you just have to do a lower intensity exercise if it's going to be in the evenings. 
So doing yoga, stretching, things like that are okay for the evenings, but you don't want to be out doing running or doing a hit routine or, or major strength training late in the evening for the most part. So that definitely plays into it too. You know, big thing is staying on schedule. And I don't know, I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, it's pretty difficult to stay consistent, going to bed around the same time, getting up at the same time, seven days a week, not just on the weekday, seven days a week. I think this is one, if we're being fair, uh, the demands on our, (laughs) on our time are different, uh, significantly different probably. Whereas for me, it's, it's relatively easy to maintain a consistent schedule. Um, I know, uh, you have more responsibilities, uh, than I do. So, uh, it's one of those that, uh, probably it's going to be different for each individual there for sure. I would agree, but that is one I really struggle with, but that plays into it. So going back to your, alarm clock question. So for someone like you, you may be okay to do that. Um, but for me, I'm not kidding. If I do not set an alarm clock, it is, I will, <laughs> will not have, I mean, I will be sleeping right on through every patient uh, I'm supposed to be seeing. Uh, <laughs> again, for the record. Um, I, so I'm one and we'll talk about this in future episodes, uh, for sure about routines, but, uh, I, I set a haptic alarm on my whoop and that gives me a two minute warning. And then I actually keep my alarm in the bathroom. So I physically get out of bed to go turn it off. So, uh, it forces the issue. So, uh, uh, no, I have not yet reached the no alarm okay, phase. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, I w- I think you would classify that as having two. Um, but uh, anyway, a, a story for another day <laughs> right. in, in routines right. and That's schedules. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Um, and then just make sure generally you're eating good, healthy foods. And we can, again, dive into that later. But, you know, high protein, um, low processed foods, low processed carbs. Um, so remembering that all carbs are not bad, just those processed foods that can really wreak havoc. I would throw in there too. I think timing is important here. Um, I know for me personally, uh, especially since, since having the whoop heavy meals, Later in the evenings, yes, yes. Uh, especially high fat content, high carb content, high sugar content, really, really affect my sleep. And I'm sure it's the same for most individuals. What, well, because your body's still trying to process all of that. Mm-hmm. And it can't do that. If you're trying to go to sleep, your body's still actively processing the food that you've just eaten. So it's really better to cut off food two to three hours before you plan to go to sleep. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Again, we won't we'll get into the the more details around these type of things later. But uh, my skin temperature is higher, and my resting heart rate is usually significantly higher uh, in those instances when I've eat, eaten a little too much or a little too late mm-hmm. uh, type thing. So it's it's a uh, an interesting thing that, mm-hmm. like I said, we can dig into at a at a later time. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing would be too, Jeff, talking about food, but even thinking about what you're drinking, even if it's water. I mean, if you're drinking a ton of water right before you go to mm. bed, likelihood you're going to have to get up during the night to mm-hmm. go to the bathroom. And so again, that can affect your sleep. So not saying that you can't drink anything, but being mindful, not drinking a massive amount of water before you go to sleep. <laughs> Got to hydrate. That's right. That's so uh, don't save it to the, don't save your uh, gallon jug. Don't save it all for the end of the day. That's right. right. That's right. Absolutely. So what are, what are the things kind of in the evening? We talk about routines. What are some of those things towards the end of the day or, or even during the day? Uh, we've talked a few about, about exercise and different things. So what are a few more tips around end of day, just kind of preparing that, that are going to set us up for success and having a good night's rest? Yeah. And, and again, I think this goes back to um, individuals and understanding that we're not perfect. Um, so we really have, as we go through this list, like 
I can look at this list and tell you I'm not great at all these things, mm -hmm. but I think it's always great to be mindful, especially if you're having sleep issues that, Hey, have you tried this or have you tried that? Right. Um, cutting out those bright lights. So avoiding cell phone use, avoiding watching TV, opting more towards something more relaxing. Reading obviously is great. Um, you know, it's interesting too, because, and, and then having um, soft music on versus trying to jam out in the evenings. Mm -hmm. Right. But we've, we often hear about taking a hot bath, believe it or not, we actually want our body temperature cooler when we're trying to sleep. So taking a hot bath is a little bit controversial. The more mm. that I look at it, it's like, no, you really want the body temperature lower. So you can take a hot, you know, a hot bath earlier in the evening, but right before you go to bed, actually you shouldn't. Mm. So that's, that's something else to think about. Um, so starting to cool down, having a cool temperature in your room, um, again, trying to stay on that normal schedule. Like we've talked about keeping your bedroom dark, not having a lot of lights on. Um, and then avoiding alcohol before you go to sleep because that can affect the sleep cycle as well. Um, and I think a lot of these we've, we've actually talked through. So not exercising, not, you know, avoiding large meals, avoiding caffeine, all of those things, avoiding napping as much as you can. Obviously, there's some situations where we need to. But um, but I would say if you are saying more on that just nighttime sleep pattern, you're more likely to have more successful sleep. Real quick, again, sidebar, what would you say to the folks? Because I, I, I seem to hear a lot that folks have to sleep with music or white noise or even the t television on. Mm -hmm. What What are your thoughts on that? What are your experiences? I think white noise can definitely help drown out distractions depending upon where you live. If it's a noisy environment, it can just help just you know, tone everything out. Right. So I, I don't really have an issue with that. I think soft music without words is fine if you need to do that, but I'm not a huge proponent of TV because again, we go back to that bright light, hmm. um, and just the distraction of it. But I do know people say that again, it can be individual, but I am not a huge proponent of leaving I, the I've, TV on it. Yeah. I've never, I've never understood it yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your take on naps? I think it goes back to if we're in our normal routine, we should, our body should not need them. Um, but I also do not believe in depriving ourselves if we need to. So let's say that you've had a night that you didn't sleep well for some reason and you need to take a quick nap. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But also sometimes it's more... I don't know how you feel, but sometimes it's just removing yourself from all that's going on. It's <laughs> getting not a, as getting much, a quick break. Right. It's yeah. more about a break more than it is a nap. Like sometimes I just need to go to my office for just a few minutes and just not think about anything. Right. Yeah. Um, but as far as a nap, I do more of a believe mental it, nap. Yeah. it is. It's a mental nap. But I do believe that it can affect our sleep pattern for that nighttime. One of the things, and I ran across this a long time ago on on uh, Jocko Willink's podcast, um, but he talked about the, the beauty of a ten minute nap. Yeah. And and you know when I when I listened to it the first time, I thought this is silliness. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually tried it, and you know you put your feet up, get your feet above your heart, uh, literal ten minute nap. And I, I have been amazed through the years at what that produces versus in the past an hour, an hour and right, a half, right. two hours of of a nap, which were disruptive, mm -hmm. left me not feeling well. Mm -hmm. um, so. Mm -hmm. I would say from personal experience, uh, don't discount the 10 minute nap if you if you feel so inclined right. to uh, to rest. But let's go back to what we just talked about. That 10 minute nap, you're really not getting into mm -hmm. any amount of deep sleep. You are just turning your brain off for just a minute. I mm. know that sounds kind of cliche, just but a it's quick true, reset. right? It's yeah. a quick reset of just 
close your eyes. Okay, let's reset. Maybe do some deep breathing. Those types of things that really help reset you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good, good stuff. So if we're doing all the good things uh, mm -hmm. that we mentioned, so if somebody's listening out there and they've checked all these boxes and say, I'm doing all this and I'm still, I still need something else, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not working. Um, what are some other steps we can take, some things we can do to improve our sleep? So when they would come in and see us here for a visit, one of the first things we're going to do is talk through some of these things we talked about at the beginning. Are you having any um, chronic pain? Are you having to move your legs around? Is there something else underlying, right? And what that could look like. Um, also looking at specific labs. So there's things that we can check. Um, I know we talk a, a lot about magnesium levels um, or melatonin um, to see if there's deficiencies there. But two, with women, um, as women age, progesterone deficiency can really play into sleep cycles. Hmm. So it's incredibly important that we look at that because I would say for women, especially in their 40s, 50s, 60s in that range, um, that progesterone deficiency is a big issue that affects sleep. And those women tend to tell me that they're waking up between two and four. And um, so I look at that, we, we talk about, you know, their menstrual history, all of these different things combined and a lot of times, and then obviously can do hormone testing and put it together that that's what's happening. So that's another big piece of it. Um, and so we look at those things before we would dive into doing anything else. Um, but then there may be that we need to do some recommendations for supplements. Um, if they're already doing all of these other things, right. you know, we don't just throw supplements um, mm -hmm. at a situation. We want to make sure Quick all fix is a founder, just rarely the it. answer. That's yeah, it. we all want it. We all want right. it to be fixed. Right. But, but um, a lot of times there's these other things that we have to talk through. Um, so with supplements, of course, you know, you would want to talk to your healthcare provider to see what would be recommended. Mm -hmm. um, but some quick ones that I can think of that help people. And you can do even simple things too. Like um, I know some people do like a chamomile tea, tea things like that. Um, melatonin, I would say is definitely a big one. But if you're taking melatonin and it's not helping, then it's probably not a melatonin deficiency. So there's other things that we need to look through. Magnesium, but of course has that relaxing effect. Um, there's another one called 5-HTP. You have lavender, valerian root. Um, L-theanine is another one. And again, it may be that you truly need something like progesterone um, for women. So that could be too. But all of that is we first want to look through all these factors we talked about first. And then if that's not um, correcting the issue, we can deep dive a little bit. I'll, uh, I'll throw in my, my personal personal favorite. I'm yes. not the clinician, but it is uh, free and readily available. And that is oxygen in the form of breath work. Yeah. Um, I've good. found that to be something through the years that has really helped with either a box breathing or yes. uh, some level of, of breathing technique uh, to help me relax, get into a better state. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, when you're dealing with a lot of anxiety or a lot of hard decisions or all the things that life throws at us, being able to kind of breathe through those and just settle down, uh, counting the breaths, that's been really helpful for me as well. Right. And then thinking about so breathing, deep breathing, meditation, prayer, stretching, anything that you can do that's relaxing. And it can be a combination of things. Obviously, it doesn't have to be one thing. So it can be. But biggest thing is developing that routine. 
Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to talk more about this. I know this is is one of those topics that I feel like, uh, you know, a, a conversation like today is probably going to create more questions um, and more specific topics around different things. And so we'll be glad to bring those to you uh, in the future. But hopefully what we share today will help you, will help you give you a, a better idea if you are struggling with sleep of a few things that you can look at or consider or adjust to see some of those improvements in your life. And uh, we hope to continue to walk with you in that path uh, towards optimal wellness. Thanks for joining us today and we will see you next time.